Hey, Slacker friends, welcome to episode 40 of Saints for Slackers. I'm Lisa Martinez, the founder of Little with Great Love. And hallelujah, glory be, we've finally arrived at the final day of our little by little Lenten journey together. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Now here's my brother Jeff to give you the lowdown, slackers. Happy Easter, slackers. Alleluia. He is risen. It's a resurrection advocate Jeff Sanchez here to usher in the glory as we usher out season one of this Saints for Slackers Lenten podcast. Today we have a special Easter treat. No, it's not chocolate, but I'm sure between you and the Easter Bunny, that's already been covered. In honor of Easter Sunday and Christ's triumph over sin and death, we're bringing you glory stories today, slacker style. Yep, we've brought back the two ladies who the Holy Spirit entrusted this production idea to several weeks ago in the first place. And they are overflowing with the Holy Spirit, so you better settle in. You'll hear from my sister Lisa and Little With Great Love colleague Tammy McCarthy. They certainly are riding the glory train right now and about to pull out of the station, so hop on. But before you do, we want to extend a personal invitation. Please join us online through the platform Crowdcast this Tuesday for a live Glory Stories event with as many slackers as we can get. It will be on Tuesday, April 6th at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. The link for this free live event will be in the show notes and on the blog for you to register. It'll be fun to share what desert fruits God has borne in you and me through this Lenten journey. So sign up now And don't sandbag, slacker. Hey, slacker peeps. It is Lisa Martinez and Tammy McCarthy. And we are here for Glory Stories. (laughs) This is our Easter edition of Saints for Slackers, our premiere season. And the cool thing is, is that this started, this whole podcast started as a conversation between Tammy and I, didn't it? It did, because, you know, our, our conversations can be off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're on a holy chain right there. <laughs> the Holy Spirit gets all up in here and then we don't know what happens and we're yeah. taking notes and we're... Yeah, before we know it, he's burning down the house. So <laughs> that just happened right before we started to hit record here. And we just want to take a time to just, you know, kind of glory in the Lord of what he's done in the past few weeks. It's been amazing to journey with so many people uh, through our very first podcast ever, but to really bring people into the lives of the saints. And why is that so important, Tammy? Well, you know, I think when we were talking about this initially, you know, we've had in our personal lives, just these huge saints that have come to just their prayers, their words kind of flow off our lips. I know for you, it's, you know, St. Therese of Lisieux. And for me, it's been St. Teresa of Avila. And I remember when we were talking, it was just like, man, how do I get to have other saints? How do I have one of those other friends in my life? Because as a mom of five and I'm homeschooling or running ministry work and, you know, how do I have time to read about all these saints? 
that was a conversation that you and I were having as friends that was sort of like, oh, I wish there was some cliff notes that I could read, you know, or some sort of saints for slackers that we could. And you were like, wait, what? Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, here we go. What came out of a, I wish someone would do this for me became a, we should do this for others. Right. And, um, and it's just neat. I think that we have so much to learn from the saints. And I think sometimes it's easier for us to distance ourselves from them and say, there's no saints that I can look at and say, my life's like that, because that actually might call me to a different level of sanctity than I'm willing to put in. Mm-hmm. And, and I think being able to present to people all these different types of saints, men, women, some teenagers, you know, priests, just holy people in various professions people begin to get inspired and say, wow, I didn't realize that this could be something, a universal call on my life as well. So I think that's kind of where we are now. Like, let's, let's talk about this. Let's, now that we've, now that we've listened to all these different saints, what do we do with this? Yeah. We've talked about this before about our theology becoming biology, right? Mm, So good. Yeah, this kind of head knowledge of the saints, knowledge of our faith, knowledge of the scriptures, and it becoming something biology, biological. We're living this. This is actually science that's moving through us, and it's coming out of our being, right? So it's one thing to kind of know about Jesus and to know about the saints and to go to church, to sit there, to see, you know, oh, you know, so-and-so showed up today or, oh, the priest, you know, this and that. It's another thing when you have an encounter, right, with the living God. And that's something that I feel that the saints really have shown us. And that's really, if we go back to the saints, we go back to the original disciples in the scriptures of these men that would be willing to leave everything that they had at a moment's notice. It wasn't like, um, you know what, I um, give me about two months, I will get my affairs in order. <laughs> I need to make sure I give my two weeks notice because I need to make sure I still have my benefits. Yeah, I got to get benefits. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get with my wife on this. I'm going to have to do some packing, selling some things. I will get uh, my life in order. And then you you round about Jesus, you come back. Yeah. You let me know where you're going to be in two weeks and I'll show up there. <laughs> I will find you. I will find you. I will be, uh, yeah, well, I will get a donkey. We will get on that, you know, and, and such. No, no, this was, they, they dropped their nets, right? I mean, who does that? Have you ever seen anyone in life ever just, just drop everything at a moment's notice and be like, yeah, I'm coming out to ministry with you right now. Right. And then like, what must that have been like? I've definitely had encounters with people where there's something about them that I'm drawn to. There's been people I've met that I'm like, wow, that person just has this way of commanding a room or that person, whenever I'm with them, I just feel like being nicer. They just kind of, they bring something out in me. I've definitely had that experience, but what must it have been like to have Christ come up and look in your eyes and say, follow me? I mean, I just can't even imagine what it must have looked like to look into the eyes of ultimate love. Yeah, it's mind boggling. And I think that as far as this journey that we've been going through, when we had this concept of, okay, let's have a glory story here, was because these men journeyed with him and they ministered with him and they saw things that we read about today. And they did, I mean, Jesus performed incredible miracles to the point where 
he was mobbed. He he didn't have a moment to himself. Pretty much, it was it was hard for him to find, you know, yes. to, to get away from people and things like that because they wanted his healing. They wanted that power. They wanted that freedom that he lived in. And so as far as getting into the resurrection, we're going to do that here in a second. Before we do that, I think that we kind of have these, a couple questions we want to look at with you guys, which would be, what have the saints taught us? What are some of the takeaways that we've had from season one here? Tammy, is there anything that's coming to mind? I know that a lot of these, like you've done a couple, your daughter did one. Teresa Avila was in there. You, that's one of your girls that was presented by Barb, my old youth group leader. I mean, anyone coming to mind right now for you? Actually, um, for me, it was the latest uh, podcast that I did, which was Father Jose Maria Escriva. And I didn't really know anything about him, actually. Um, his name came up several times in the St. Joseph consecration our family was doing. And I was thinking to myself, who is this guy that keeps coming up? And his, he's kind of dropping truth bombs on me during this consecration. <laughs> I got to kind of look him up and see what he's about to find out that he was the founder of Opus Dei. There was a big movement of Opus Dei in like the D.C., Maryland area when I grew up um, in high school. And I just didn't realize that he was the founder of that. But I respected a lot of my friends and stuff who were and parents who were involved in the movement. But I think the reason what he said hit me the hardest was just this idea of, I can give the Lord a daily fiat in what I do in my ordinary life. That's pretty deep. I mean, I think there's, there's one thing to say, okay, Lord, here's my life. I give you my life and I'm asking you to kind of orchestrate what I do. It's another thing to wake up in the morning and roll over and say, Lord, I give you every moment of today. I give you today when I'm frustrated that the dog walk is taking too long. <laughs> and I give you today when I can't find a match to a sock and I'm doing laundry. And I give you today when I'm frustrated with homeschooling. And I have an opportunity at so many times of my day to bring it all back to you and to say, use this to make me holier. That to me... That speaks volumes to where I am in my vocation. Yes. Because I think sometimes the ordinary can just seem like there's no connection between what I'm doing and a call to holiness. Yeah. It's like, how am I going to get there? Because we hear about some of these people reforming the world of the church, you know, and stuff. And these big reformers like your girl, St. Teresa of Avila. And yes. You know, just people that did these. But I think that. It doesn't mean that God may not call us to do great things as we continue our journey with him. Absolutely. But he's calling us to sanctity. And you know what I loved is that um, when we heard some of the young people like your daughter, when we heard some of the other young podcasters, you know, I'm thinking of Caroline Kennedy and some of the others that were talking about, you know, people don't think they don't expect much of us in our age thinking that, you know, we're millennials or, you know, we're this generation or whatnot. And, you know, as a young person myself, that was part of a charismatic community growing up and part of youth group and different things. I think people think you're a young person. They don't think that you could really have a relationship with Jesus or that you would really feel a calling to sanctity on um, that mm. point in your life. And I think also to that point, your peers definitely look at you differently because sure, I think even as we've grown further into the tech age and, and the different things that we're experiencing in the world today, it gets even harder 
to be a person of truth, to be a person that's set apart, because it invokes what Jesus said. It invokes that you will be hated, that you will be criticized. In leading a life uncommon, you call into that, you call people to truth, and you also are a contradiction to them, just like Jesus was to the people of his time. You know, it's like, what do I make of that? What do I, how do I reconcile myself to this young person who's like all in for something that I'm very lukewarm or don't even care about? Yeah. And I think there's a the call that's really neat to me. And I think we can see this throughout various episodes. Like I think about the one that I did um, on St. John Vianney. Yeah. And it, it really was one of those, you know, I had visited his incorrupt body when I was in ours back when we were in Austria together. And I remember just thinking like, what must it be like to do 15 to 16 hour days of confession to have people come to you because you can simply look at them and read the state of their souls. Well, I'm looking at this thinking, wow, that's powerful. But maybe there's a priest listening to this podcast that's thinking to himself, wow, I'm struggling with the hour that I give on Saturdays Mm. or wow, I don't live with the same fervor that he did in serving my community and serving my parishioners. I mean, that's the beauty of the saints is that there's something for each of us. There's people who are going to listen to St. Teresa of Calcutta and be moved by her love for the poor. And that might spark a missionary heart that says, you know what? This was a confirmation that I needed to change the seasons of my life and to move on to this next stage. But there's people who are going to listen to St. Gianna And who are going to realize, you know what, like I can love my family. And that's something that's a different season of your life. We see people like our friend, Father Joe, did the podcast on uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. So good. Well, But so much of her life happened after her children. So there you have somebody who's maybe an empty nester who's listening to that podcast going, it's my new season. What is God calling me into now in my life? Because maybe I was like St. Gianna, raising my beautiful family. And maybe now the Lord's calling me to embrace more of St. Elizabeth and Seton. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the Lord's calling me to consider missionary work and or whatever it is that it could be. It's so beautiful, I think, to be able to look at the season where you are in now and say, what? is my call to holiness. Yes. Where am I supposed to take what I have in my ordinary life and allow God to make something extraordinary about it? And in fact, that essentially lead to my my sainthood. Exactly. And to that point, there's a song that I shared with you early on in our ministry, Little With Great Love, as we were developing it called The Saint Who Is Just Me. Um, I think it's that's the name of the title, I believe, um, or something close to that. It's by Danielle Rose. I mean, mm. you can look it up. We can put a link in the in the show notes here to that. But it's really beautiful in this song where she, you know, Danielle's singing about, you know, I wanted to be like Joan of Arc and I wanted to be like Mother Teresa and I wanted to be like so-and-so and I wanted to be like so-and-so. There's so many times as I'm editing these or scripting these, I'm just like, man, I got a ways to go, you know? And I'm just like, you know, the way that that saint embraced that suffering, the way that that saint lived in that way. And then there's this moments with the Lord where it take away and, you know, Shayla's podcast on Blessed Carlo Acutis. Best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's another one of those Italianos, I think, you know, but anyway. Exactly. <laughs> he talked about this not comparing that we are originals, right? And so there's this calling and it can be so difficult for people, especially in the age, digital age that we live in, 
where we're scrolling through Facebook feeds and Instagram feeds and whatnot and saying, oh my gosh, my house does not look like her house. And right. My is not as together as her family. And I don't have this and I don't have that. And we get kind of whatever that God's calling us to be the saint that he wants us to be. He's given us gifts that he's not given to anyone else, that we are not a mistake that just happened. You know, when some of us are like, gosh, I wish I lived in a different age. It's so crazy today in this world. God's called you into this time, into this place with the people that he's put you with. It's not a mistake, the family you're in. It's not a mistake, the school or job that you have, whether you like it or not, whether that person's making you crazy 17 hours out of the 24, you know, of the day of the week. He's put you there for a specific reason. He's put me here for a specific reason. There's gifts that he's given to us that only we possess to build up the body of Christ. And so we've talked a little bit about this, of the saint that God's calling us to be, but also how do we hear God's voice, right? The next question we're moving into is how do we hear God's voice? So if God's called me in this time, in this place to be a saint, I've listened to all of you guys talk for the past 40 days about all these amazing people. What do I do with this? What do I do with this? Well, this has to translate again into something that we can live. And how do we hear God's voice? Well, I think, you know, this is something that Tammy and I and, and the Little With Great Love team talk about. How is he speaking to you? What is he doing right now in your life? How is he restoring you? Because we are a healing ministry. We are a ministry that wants to bring restoration through Christ to people. And so that really begins with us. That begins with us allowing the Lord to work on our own healing. We can't give what we don't have. And so the Lord has been telling me all last year and into this year, I need you and your team to work on your healing journey. And let me tell you what, is it easy, Tammy? I mean, is it like cakewalk all the time over here? Oh man, (laughs) we've been, we've been like paddling upstream (laughs) with like um, a kid's shovel. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to this whole thing of, of living in a way. And I think this really brings us to the resurrection, right? Yeah, because I was going to say something that you said really just kind of hit on it. It's kind of like this. How many times have we tried to do something? And I think I'm a person that thinks in terms of images, right? That's how like the Lord works in my life. And I think about myself out shoveling, you know, let's say there's 14 inches have fallen on the ground. And I'm out with a sand shovel from like my trip to the shore. And I'm like, well, I'll be out here for the next four days straight, you know, (laughs) shoveling the snow. Yeah. And, and someone looking on would be like, what is she doing? Does she really think this is the best way to go about this? And to me, that is what we're doing. If we have not invited the Holy Spirit into our life, because it's the Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you, for anyone who's listening to this, who's saying, that girl needs a shovel. I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit is like the ultimate snowblower. Yes. That's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate snowblower. And it's like the best you can buy. Maybe the one that comes with a person attached that does the work that actually pushes it. I, I mean, it. that's that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about a shovel. We're talking about a snowblower Dream. because the Holy Spirit just comes in and just shows you the easiest way to do everything. Yes. And it's because you walk in the path of the Lord. And I think that's one of the things you want to share with us, Lisa, is how we take the resurrection and we transform 
what is being said to us and what we are learning into resurrection power. Exactly. So we're coming into, as it's Easter, we're like, wow, what, what really happened here? Okay, so let's go into the scene. You guys, if you went to church, if you didn't, doesn't matter because you guys know the story or if you don't, well, welcome. I'm so glad you're here because we're, we're going to just give a little taste of this because we're going to move forward because what's right beyond this is ascension, right? We begin celebrating Easter today, guys. And the beauty of the Catholic Church is this ain't no one day celebration. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> we are going on until Jesus goes back to, to the Lord and he sends the Holy Spirit. Yeah, he brings it down. So basically what happens, right, is, is this moment here. And I want to speak to this as someone that has grieved the loss of some very important people in my life, including my dad, my mother, my grandmother, um, my grandfather, um, it's all my grandparents pretty much at this point, my father-in-law last year. Um, we lost a lot of people in the past year. In the beginning, right? This was never the plan. Death was never the plan. Back to Adam and Eve. It yes. was through the devil that sin and death entered into the world. So this resurrection was necessary. Because of Adam's fall, Jesus had to rise and conquer sin and death. God sent his own son into the world. Okay, now if you thought what it is to lose somebody, imagine sacrificing your own son. I am going to send my beloved son into the world for him to be mocked, for him to be put up on a tree and nailed and die and to suffer like no other person has ever suffered in all of the history of the world. And then three days later, what happens? Conquered death. He rose from the dead. I mean, what? So good. <laughs> How does this even, you know what I mean? And he told people it was going to happen. They're like, the, the, who would conceive? How would anyone have a context besides Lazarus that this could really yeah. happen? What are you talking about? I think that the disciples here must have been like, I mean, uh-huh, sure. You know, <laughs> he's trying to tell them all things that they have no context for. And so in this, that he suffers, he dies, what they're experiencing, his closest friends, they are experiencing the loss of Jesus, their leader, rabbi, teacher. He was our friend. He was everything to us. We left everything. We gave up everything for him. And now he's gone. And they all let him down. They all let him down. They all fled. And it was Jesus. Well, then we know what happens in the story today. And we're not really going to dig too much into this right now because, again, the scriptures and mass, I mean, you can catch it. It's going to be everywhere. It's not a secret. It's in the Bible. Look up Easter Sunday mass or a service anywhere online, you're going to be able to find it. But here's the cool thing. When Jesus resurrected, guys, he still had his wounds. Amen. Why? Why did he still have his wounds, Tammy? I mean, he could have come back for perfection. He could have come back without them. What happened? I think that's where we kind of look at some of the things that we've been learning. And it's like, Lisa and I were talking about this, right? He's a God of the details. Yeah. Right. He's about meeting us where we are. So we have him coming in and he could have had this perfected body, but he comes in and you have Thomas there. And Thomas is, he's all of us. He's all of us who are logical, all of us who need, who are like proofs in the pudding, show me the data. And he says, Lord, let me just put my hands in your wounds. So when I like to think about this, that's kind of an intimate thing, right? 
it's mm. a real intimate thing to say to somebody, like, let me touch an area where you've been hurt. Yeah. So you can imagine like just the tenderness that Jesus kind of puts his hand out and he allows Thomas to touch a wounded area of him. So number one, we have that intimacy that Jesus says, come into my wounded areas. That's pretty huge. Mm -hmm. Just then, just right there with, with Thomas, we feel that, wow, the Lord is accepting Thomas's doubt. So he's taking us where we are. He says, I meet you in your doubt and I bring you freedom in showing you my woundedness. Whoa. So that you won't doubt what I did for you. So we have Thomas like put his hand in the Lord's wound. And then we have this ability where he says, oh, and you see just like this encounter that he has with the Lord. You can just read it. Like when I read it, I hear in my head, my Lord and my God. Like I hear him just acknowledging who God is before him, acknowledging everything that the Lord had said came to that moment of that encounter. And it's like, Lisa, you and I talk about this all the time. He had the head knowledge. Jesus told me all these things. And then he had that encounter and it was like, it went right to his heart. You are who you say you are. Mm -hmm. Man, that's like a mind bomb to me. You are who you say you are. And then I think the Lord does the same thing with us, right? He says, hey, listen, I know you have this wound. Maybe this wound is about your identity. Maybe this wound is a wound that you don't feel loved. You know what? When you see this wound in somebody else, you will know it like no one else because you can show this person your woundedness and that will bring freedom to that person. And I think that's how we're called to be Christ in this world. We're called to be Christ in the fact that we have this vulnerability that we can share, that we can say, hey, friend, let me show you my wound because I can bring vulnerability and intimacy into a relationship with you without you having in your current wound, having to show me yours yet. Mm. But I, I can offer you healing by saying, look at mine. Look at where I was. I was where you are. I allowed somebody else to speak into this woundedness for me. And I want this for you. And that's how we can be Christ to each other. That we kind of offer this ability to say, let me be Christ, not only in the tenderness that we deal with each other, but in the way that we offer compassion, in the way that we offer a relationship with Christ. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that this idea of being the resurrected wound of Christ, we've talked about. There's a great video uh, by Father Mark Mary, and we could link to this also in the notes of the show about where Jesus reveals his wounds and he heals their wounds. And I know Kelly Bro with Redbird, our co-sponsored to this series here, our podcast, also talks about this in her book, Hiding in the Upper Room. And it's really her beautiful story of grieving the loss of her children and how God really brought her into deeper relationship through her sufferings and started Redbird Ministries to help other people heal from grief of the loss of a child. And so really we hear in Christ's own story, all of these different things to grieve, that he died, that what he suffered, how he rose and how he invites us. Okay, you touched my wounds. Okay, that's, if that's what you need, you could do it. But blessed are those who believe and have not seen. So that's us. Amen. We're the ones, we are the ones that believe and we haven't seen, or some of us might be struggling with doubt in certain areas. And doubt 
people, I feel like they feel really bad about doubt, but really God understands doubt. And really what is the fruit of doubt is faith. If we allow ourselves to work through those doubts, if we allow God to say, I don't really believe in this particular area of the faith, or I'm really struggling with these teachings of the church, or I really want to believe that's you, Jesus, on the altar and body, soul, divinity, and everything. I'm really struggling. Whatever it is that you're struggling with in, in terms of your beliefs, invite God into that. Just like Jesus invited you know, Thomas into his wounds. Come into it with me. I'm not scared of your doubt. That's not something that freaks me out. It's not something I never dealt with before. Hello, I know you. I've created you. So anyways, we go through this resurrection, and this is talking about how we hear God's voices through the Spirit. So that fast forwards us to Ascension right now. And I know it's like, we're just on Easter, but we're trying to point you towards the next monumental thing here, guys. And that is that we've got a journey to go forward in. That we're not going to be journeying with you because we're taking a little break here on Saints for Slackers. We're going to be coming back season two. If you want some season two love, show your support. You guys will show you how to do that at the end here. But in the meantime, you guys are going to be journeying with these questions. How do you hear God's voice? What have the saints taught you? And now let's look to this ascension. Before we get to this ascension, I'm thinking there is a saint that we have not covered. In this time, his name is Blessed Carlos Manuel Rodriguez. I got to know him through a pilgrimage that I made several years ago with Magnificat Travel, who one of our fellow teammates, Kelly Davis, works for. The founder of Magnificat Travel is Maria Treg, and she's Puerto Rican. And this is the first Puerto Rican saint. He's the first Caribbean-born layperson and the first layperson in the history of the U.S. to be beatified. The reason why I'm bringing this up, not that he was just beatified recently, I'm saying like in this century, 2001, by John Paul II, who a couple of our podcasters have spoken about, Patrick Novikoski, who wrote a book on JP2, and then Father Chaz, Charlie, Carlos, Charlie, Chaz, <laughs> all these guys connected. But that what was so beautiful about what I got to know of Carlos or, or Charlie Rodriguez was that his faith was in the resurrection. He would say, vivimos para ese noche. So uh, this is, we live for that night. And what is he talking about? The Easter vigil, the defining moment of the Christian spiritual life. This was a layman like me, like, you know, except he was a man like Tammy, you know, he's a lay person. He was not religious, who will wholeheartedly serve the church as a catechist, Hold on a second. He wasn't a man like me. <laughs> he wasn't a man like you, me. You said he wasn't a man like me. He was a man like Tammy. No, I'm not a man. <laughs> no. that. Let's just Scratch. let's just clarify that. Scratch that. We're both women. We're not. I, I just could not let you. I could not let you go with that one. Yeah. I was like, I got to speak into this. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for not letting me, because somebody would have been listening to this on the other going, what the hell is she talking about? Man, <laughs> he was a man. We are not. He was a lay person. We both are. Okay. That was We're the good. That. Okay. We're good. <laughs> so he wholeheartedly, this is just a, just a little introduction. This is a little taste of what goes on behind the scene, guys. You don't even know. You do not even know what kind of craziness, but anyways. He served the church as a catechist. He was a choir manager. I appreciate that. Both uh, Tammy and I have uh, gifts of, of songbirdness, you know, for the Lord. Yes. Uh, yeah. And above all, he was a tireless pioneer and a patron 
of the liturgical movement in Puerto Rico at that time. So he lived a profound Christian life as a lay person. And we talked about this, you know, with many of the different saints. He died actually with the gift of participating in the Lord's passion and resurrection in his own life. You guys are going to have to look this up because we won't be able to get into this. But he was gifted with a dark night, like St. John of the Cross talks about. Again, these are just little things that you can go look up on your own. And finally found the Lord. And he was enlightened and he passed on the light of the Paschal Vigil to many other people. So I love this, that we live for this night because Christmas really brings us to Easter. All these different things all point to this. And now we're saying, let's point this resurrection story up to Ascension. So what really happened, guys, with Ascension? Let's come into the scene for a second and let's feel like we're on the ground here. When we look up Acts, and if you were to go to Book of Acts, this actually would require taking up a Bible as well on your own time. (laughs) Yeah, even Catholics, we do use the Bible, guys. We do. The ascension of Jesus. And so what's happening here is that the apostles were there and they're asking him, you know, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel, restore our kingdom, right? And I love this restore because that's what our ministry is about. And he replies, the father alone has the authority to do this. He knows the day. He knows the time. It's not for you to know. But here's the real, here's the kicker, guys. Here it is. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. You're going to tell everybody everywhere. And guess what? This happened over 2,000 years ago with these men who were sitting there going, where where do you do it? Where are you going? Man, you know, you came back to us and they were having this moment with their beloved friend. Okay, you conquered death, man. Let's go. Let's go save the world. Let's do this. And these men are sitting there. And when I think about it, it kind of stirs emotion to me to think about if I was with Jesus. And I saw him leaving. What would that do to me? I mean, like, man, take me with you. Come on. <laughs> you know, yes. I mean, it's like, what are you, why are you leaving us? Why? And he really understands all of us. As I was mentioning earlier about grief of the heartbrokenness that we've gone through. I don't think it was something that he took pleasure in leaving them. I don't think he was like, all right, I want to go back to the father. Adios. And he was happy about it. I'm sure that he felt a longing to be with them as well. But he said, I must do this. Why, Tammy? I have to go because. Well, because if I don't go, I can't leave you. The Holy Spirit. We think back to people that we love. And one of the biggest things that we typically ask is, who was the last person that spoke to them? What was one of the last things that they said? Well, this was Jesus's truth bomb. He left them with, listen, guys. This isn't the end of the story. I'm going to leave you somebody, and the words in scripture say, You will do greater works than I through him. I mean, I don't know about you, Lisa, but I'm not really holding up my end of the bargain there. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, uh, you know, if I could get through breakfast and morning prayer without something exploding. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, hitting the nearest watering hole and like, you know, using mud and <laughs> making people see and, not really multiplying. I can't really make enough dinner, let alone multiply for thousands of people. 
So I'm a little falling a little short of the glory of God here. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all fallen short of the glory of God, as scriptures say, at some point or the other. And I think that here's the call is how do we become witnesses of the Holy Spirit today? As the saints, God is calling you and me and you, listener, I'm pointing through the microphone right to you. How is he calling you to be a saint right where you are right now? and to live as a witness of the Holy Spirit in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? Story's not over, guys. The story is not over. Jesus doesn't go away and it's like, you know what? Just like kind of like see about things until I come back. Just see how things go. It's not a casual goodbye. And it goes back to what we were talking about with our whole snow yes. analogy. If you're not walking with the Holy Spirit, if this isn't one of your best friends that when you wake up in the morning, you're like, yo, buddy, you got my planner for today? Like, yeah. what, are, what are our plans for today? What are we doing? If you're not walking with the Holy Spirit, you're back to being that person that's, you know, three or four days outside shoveling with your little snow shovel. And that's not going to bless people in your life. No, it's, it's not going to speak truth into your husband. It's not going to encourage your best friend who's struggling. You're not going to find the words to help form your children. You're not going to be able to give Christ to your coworkers. Like none of that's going to be able to happen if you're working with that little tiny shovel. Yeah, you can't do it on your own. And another thing that has really come up in my discussions with my husband has been that he went to a John Paul II Healing Center retreat virtually. And again, we'll put, you know, some show links in there <laughs> to JP2 Center for Healing in Tallahassee, Florida. Shout out to them because they're doing incredible work. And I've been on a couple of their retreats before. This was not something, <laughs> you know, just to speak as a little bit because people are like, oh, you guys are churchy or you're like comfortable. My husband, let me just say that took 10 years to get to that point, guys. And I'm not saying that to like shame him or like anything like that. It's just to be like truthful and to say people think, oh, my husband would never do that. Or my son and daughter would never go to anything like that. It's always me that's doing everything. Or maybe you're the person, you know, that's like wants your mom to go or whatever those things are in your life. And you're thinking, God will never break through. Well, guys, I'm here to tell you that if we show up and we're praying for, and we've talked about this analogy, is that there was a drought and this preacher wants to have a revival. And he's like, we're going to pray for rain. And the people all show up. And as soon as they show up, he goes, I'm calling this off. I'm sending you guys home. And they said, why? And he said, because no one showed up with umbrellas. Man, if you pray, so so <laughs> if good. you pray and you think, oh, God, you know, I really hope that my brother will really come to know you. But I mean, he's such he's so far gone. My son, my daughter, my husband, my wife, my aunt, whoever it is that you're praying for. And you're praying with this kind of, I guess, this kind of Thomas attitude. There's like lack of faith that God's really going to show up and can really be God, that there's no obstacle that thwarts God. There's nothing that makes him go, oh, I can't do it. There's nothing that he cannot do. Okay. There's nothing that's too big or bigger than him. There's nothing beyond his grace, his power, his mercy. And that really gets us in divine mercy, which we just talked about yesterday as well. It's really calling upon God's grace and his mercy to come into these things. And this is through the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to do it. We're not able to do anything. We're not able to minister. There's nothing that Tammy and I or teammates or Redbird or anybody could say on our own strength that would be able to, to really transform someone's hearts and lives. You're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to give me an amen. I'll say again, amen. 
No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. And I think the more that I have been open to others and being able to say, I feel like this is what the Lord is asking me to tell you, or I feel like the Lord has laid this on my heart. What I began to realize, and this is kind of heavy, what I'm going to say, but I feel like I'm feeling called to say it. Sometimes people throw up prayers to the Lord and they say, if you love me, blank. If you hear me, blank. And sometimes we have the answer to that person's prayer. And the Holy Spirit is waiting for us to open up our mouth and look foolish. That's how we see it. But the Holy Spirit is like, could you just do this? Could you just tell this person this? And I've had a couple of different instances in my life where I really came to a point where I struggled with saying, the Lord told me to tell you this. But I recognized that what I was doing and not saying that is I was denying somebody an answer to their prayer. Wow. That you shot this up. God said to me, go tell him or her this and tell them that I sent you. What does that do? Yeah. Yeah. What does that do to someone's faith? If they shoot up a prayer and minutes later, you are on it because the Holy Spirit said to you, hey, listen, can you just call so-and-so and let them know you were thinking about them, but that the Lord put it on your heart to call. Otherwise, it's like, oh, it's a coincidence, right? Oh, my gosh, I was just thinking about that. And all exactly. of a sudden you called. And it's like, God isn't a God of coincidence, right? We just said this. God is God of details. Yes. I know exactly what that person needed to hear from the moment they were created. I knew everything that they needed. I knew every detail of every prayer that they said. I knew every hair on their head. I knitted you in your mother's womb. I just, I feel like we read these things in the Bible and we're like, laddie, daddy, day. You know, like we think it's cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right? Hey, that sounds cool. Let's put it on a t-shirt. Yeah, put it on I'll a t-shirt. write it in my book. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Buy a t-shirt from us, guys. You know, and it's like, <laughs> yes, why, what is a t-shirt supposed to do? It's supposed to remind you. It's supposed to be that thing to say, look, get it. Let it sink into your biology here for a second. And again, talking about the JP2 people, what the end all of this man up kind of retreat that there is man on fire retreat is that the Holy Spirit was given to you in confirmation. All of us received the Holy Spirit in confirmation, right? If you don't know what confirmation is, look it up again online. There's no lack of resources. The catechism of the Catholic church has a lot of great things to say about that. But anyways, what happens in confirmation is we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We laid hands just like they did back in the day. This has been passed on since Jesus all the way down to us, guys. That's so cool. That's so cool that this would be imparted on us. The cross is traced in our heads and be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this is a way to activate that spirit. And the way that they always describe this to us when I remember when I was growing up was like when you make chocolate milk and you put the syrup in the milk and it's like it just stays in the bottom like that chunky black kind of thing. Until you take your spoon and you get that syrup, stir it up into it. And now we got this beautiful chocolate milk. Well, that's going to stay in you until you do something with it. And most of us, I'm going to say, the church doesn't always do a great job at this. I'm going to, I'm going to be real about that. I feel like there's a lot of our brethren that are maybe living in the spirit more fully, that kind of live out the gifts of the spirit that you can see that there's an anointing, man, when you hear that. Joyce Meyer speak, or when you hear that preacher speak, you're like, man, man, they're on fire with the Holy Spirit. And it's like, well, 
we need to all take that up into our own lives. That's not just for a select few. That's not just for, oh, that guy or that girl. It's for all of us. God has given the gift of his Holy Spirit to each one of us. And in confirmation, that is imparted on us. And guess what? We have to say yes. We have to give a fiat, just like every saint that we've talked about throughout these past 40 days has had to say, every person in the Bible, whether they felt worthy, whether they really wanted to do it or not, they had to give a yes. Moses, Joshua, Noah, all of these guys, they had to give a yes. Mary, she had to give her yes to her son. That wasn't easy. She wasn't fully married yet. None of them had it easy. We're not going to have it easy either. And guess what? Jesus, we used to say this in Franciscan. I don't know if you remember this one. Jesus did not say, pick up your lawn chairs. He said, pick up your cross. Okay. He said, pick up your cross. That's so good. You know? (laughs) So we're not going to pick up lawn chairs here. We're going to pick up our cross and we've got to follow, which means that it's going to be hard at times. We're going to feel uncomfortable. There are times you're going to feel foolish. I don't know how many times that I've gone up to somebody and been like, I feel like I'm supposed to say this to you, or I'm sending a message to my team. I don't know who this is for. Or I start having a conversation. I don't know why I booked that trip to Florida at that time. This literally just happened. Okay, guys, last month, I booked a trip to Florida thinking I was going to see certain people that I wasn't able to see at that time. I literally pulled up to a Marion retreat center and God put me on a whole set of divine appointments that I had no clue were going to happen. Just because he said, book this flight at this time to go here. And I don't even know why I'm doing it. Exactly. So if we're willing to be, if we're willing to look foolish, possibly, that allows God to do miracles. It allows him to do things that we would never, ever be able to do. Why? Because we have gotten out of our own way and we've allowed God to say, okay, you can use me. I am broken. I'm sometimes clueless. Whatever your hangup is about yourself. You got to get over that because guess what? God's over that. He doesn't care. He does not care if you have the perfect hair color. He does not care if your eyebrows are plucked. He doesn't care if you've got the best beard balm, okay? He don't care. He wants to use you. He wants to give you gifts. He wants to pour out through you. And what this retreat was reminding my husband was that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in you. You have to do it. You're going to have to man up and do the work here. You're going to have to learn your faith like you've never learned before. And how does the Holy Spirit come out? Well, that means that I have to empty myself, which means that I have to give consent here. I have to say, God, you can use me. And then at that point, say, empty me, use me, fill me, and then it overflows out of me. And it comes a point where I'm not consciously thinking about anything I'm saying or doing. This isn't decisions I'm making in my mind whenever I'm ministering through the Holy Spirit. God has actually just bypassed my whole thought pattern, thank God, because I would be sitting there going, is it me? Is it you? Do you want me to say that? Hello? Like, you know, I feel like- uh, Bueller, Bueller, (laughs) Bueller, you know, Lionel Richie, hello? Is it me you're looking for? I I don't know. And that comes through the part of just journeying with the Lord, of having this encounter of him taking your heart of him transforming you, just like he did with these men that were standing at the ground, looking up and saying, where are you going? And then the other people coming and say, why are you standing here staring into heaven? And Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. And what are you going to do? You're going to be standing there at the end and been like, well, I, uh, 
I had a lot of things I wanted to do if I would have had a little bit more time. I think we really could have got things going here, God. I really think so. I think we could have got off a dime. I mean, I just don't think that God really wants to know about the plans that we had. I think he wants to know how he loved. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that I was thinking about while you were talking is I think sometimes we think that Lent is our only opportunity to kind of get all our ducks in a row. We kind of can have this like, maybe I wish Lisa and Tammy would have talked about this before so I could have lived my Lent differently. And that's not what this is about. No. This is about an encounter. There is a reason why this is made for you right now. There is a reason why the Lord put it on our hearts to change our plans to make this talk about this. Yes. Because he has you where you are in this moment for this talk to touch you the way that it's supposed to touch you right now. Exactly. Let us not let Satan put the lie over us that something is too late, that we should have done it before. Amen. Let us not look back at our past, tether ourselves to past mistakes or the past way that we've dealt with things. You know, Romans 8.28 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what we hold. That's the truth that we hold to. And, you know, I tell my kids when they have um, anxiety or they have something building up, I say, guys, you know, you need to have a truth that you declare over that. I love St. John Paul II said, we are not the sum of our weaknesses, but we are the sum of the father's love for us. Yes. Father Chaz talked about that. He just talked about that. So so good. It's one of my favorites. You know, whenever I feel like somebody's really dwelling upon their past, I'm like, listen, we have to move ahead with that. If the spirit is convicting us of something, take that to the Lord, take that to confession, repent of those areas of your life, but don't let Satan remind you of your sin. Don't let Satan hold you to that. Because the Lord is asking you for greater things. He's pulling you onto sainthood. He's saying, yes, there's freedom. And you know what? And this goes to what you were talking about, Lisa, next week. Yeah. He says, come swim in the ocean of my mercy. Amen. Amen, guys. That is it. And I think that what you said here, these are all these little nuggets, you guys, that you can over the next 40 days sit with this. I know this is a longer podcast, right? We're not doing our little normal eight minute, (laughs) three minute reflection or whatever. It's because we wanted to just take everything that we've gone through and process it a little bit with you, but also point you back to what we were saying. Sit with these questions. What did the saints teach you? What areas of your life do you need to grow in? And then how do you hear God's voice? It's not just for me. It's not just for her. It's not just for those guys back then. It's not like we've missed the boat. We're not too young. We're not too old. We're just baby bear. We're just right. You know, let's just live in that place. And then how can we be witnesses to the Holy Spirit with our very lives? How do we live in a way where people, we sing these songs in church, right? You know, they'll know we're Christians by our love. It seems like that's a la-di-da song, whatever. But let me tell you, hatred, any kind of vitriol that people spit out at each other through commentary online, any things where people are, you know, pointing their fingers in someone's face and trying to reprimand somebody or whatever, who comes away from that and says, man, that totally changed my life when that person ripped me in. (laughs) Nobody, (laughs) nobody says that changed my life. That's basically was like, I was totally traumatized today when that person like ripped into me about I had something on my shirt, whatever the heck it was. We're changed by love, guys. That's every story that you looked at. 
in every story that you heard, every podcast, every little thing, first of all, it was a love story. It was a love story between this saint and the Lord. Their life became a love story with God and their good works and their ministry and their service and whatever ways that they impacted people poured out. It flowed out of this relationship that they had with Jesus. And they came to know him through the word. They came to know him in the scriptures. They came to know him through the sacraments. They came to know him through the poor, through the needy, through those people that they encountered. And that's what Christ tells us. When you serve others, it's me that you're serving. He is found in the lowly. He is found. How did he come? He came in. He was not born on a throne. He was not born in a palace. He came in a stable. He came in a manger. Basically, he was among poop of animals and in straw with his parents. And they came to worship him there. So what we're saying here is this love story is going to continue and it continues in you. Who's the saint that God's calling you to be? And he wants to just enliven you with the Holy Spirit. He wants to encounter you in a way that you've never encountered him before. And he wants to do things with you that you've never been able to do. And what Tammy was just saying, you know, the enemy comes in. How do we know that it's the enemy? Because he's an accuser. He is a liar. He uses things to try to thwart us. He uses our past. He uses the distortions of identity that we have. He uses our woundings to try to hold us back, to say, you know what? That's no one's going to respect you. Or, you know, that's way too Jesus-y. You're going to have to tame that down. Nobody loves to hear any of that kind of stuff. Just preach the gospel when possible, use words, which St. Francis never said. So, I mean, (laughs) yes, your life is meant to tell the story, the love story. And sometimes you're going to have to put words to it. And sometimes every day you're going to have to really seek the Lord and say, how do you want me to love you today? Who do you want me to love? How do you want me to serve? And it's so many little things right in your vocation every day. That's what she was saying. Every day there's opportunities. And we're sitting there thinking, I've got to, I want to go out and I want to serve God in all these great ways. I want to travel to China and I want to tell people about this. And those are good things. And we need people to do that. We also need moms and dads that are telling their children the truth and raising them in church. We need moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandparents. We need people in the workplace that are being virtuous, not giving in to pressures to try to take advantage of the system. We need our frontline workers that they're laying down their lives. We need to not just pray for them and say, oh, great, thank you for all you do. But maybe someday, like happened over here, there was one of our nurse sisters, they lost two nurses in 24 hours. And God asked us to not just pray for her, but she said, well, I'm going to go pick up some treats and bring them to the nurses today. I said, I'd love to pitch in for that. Just tell me what I owe you. And she went to Whole Foods and picked up a bunch of goodies and took them over and said, this is from the team over there. So things like that, where you could just say, where's God calling me to love today? There was a guy that came to replace the battery on our car. We had a dead battery. And this man remembered my husband from a year ago, just from the kindness that Mike showed him. Wow. So it was remarkable because he came up and he comes into our garage when our car is dead the other day. And he was like, oh, you have a good man over there. He's very kind. He actually gave me food last time I was here. He's a keeper, you know, hold on to him. You better take care of him. And I, I looked at the man and I said, well, if it had anything to do with food, I'm the cook around here. So that was really me being kind. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of looked at me and we all laughed. 
then it was kind of a kindness show. It was kind of like, how can we outdo one another? And this is very St. Therese. How can we outdo one another in loving kindness? So I go back in the house. I said, I'm going to find something for you. I got a bunch of Saints for Slackers stickers. I put them in a baggie. I went into my pantry and I said, what would this man like? And I felt like God said figs. I was like, oh, figs. Okay. Uh, let me get these fig bars that we just got. And I'm going to get a couple of these little Aussie bites and put them in a baggie. And I loaded up this little Ziploc for him. I come out to the garage and I hand it to him. And he literally looked like I gave him something that was like foreign matter. Like he was staring down at it being like, what is all of this? And I said, do you like figs? And he was like so overwhelmed by this little gesture. He was like, what? I'm like, do you like figs? He was like, yes, I love figs. My parents have a fig tree. I'm like, Holy spirit, you're never oh, lying. You're never lying. Got a details. So I was like, okay, here's this for you. Some stickers for you. And he looked at my husband and he goes, She's much nicer than you. She gave me all of this. (laughs) (laughs) So why do I say that? I'm not saying it to blow my own horn. I'm saying it because God can use us to love on someone else to make someone else's day. And I'm telling you, as much as I tell you that story, I could tell you the 14 other stories that happened where I wasn't making someone else's day because I was cranky, because I was hangry, because I was whatever. I was caught in my own stuff. We have those two because we're human. But guess what? We can go to the sacraments. We can ask for forgiveness. We can try again tomorrow to do the thing that God wants for us. It's not like we missed the boat. We only have one opportunity to serve God ever. No, we have opportunity every day. And even today, if I wasted the morning, I can still make a decision that I'm going to use my life to serve God in whatever way he asks of me. And it may stretch you. It will, guys. I'm saying he's not a God of comfort. He is a God that brings comfort to others. And the same comfort that he's given to us He wants to extend that to other people. He needs to use your hands and feet like St. Teresa of Avila says. So Tammy, why don't you bring it home for us? Because I think we're talking people's ears off and they're going to be like, we got to go. There's so much that we could talk about. And I feel like we're kind of trying to be as concise as we can, but there's just so much goodness. I think we just see so much goodness of a life with the Holy Spirit. And that's really what we want for everyone. So our prayer is that this podcast has blessed you, that this whole podcast series has been one that has inspired you, that has inspired your families to really look at your life and say, how can I want more for myself? How can I aspire to greatness? Because that is what God wants for me. And that's a call. There's a universal call to holiness on my heart. And I can see that from this podcast and listening to all these different saints I can see that there's little things that I can do in my life to really live a life in the spirit, to live a life more for the Lord. So I guess I'd like to end in prayer. If that I was just going to say, I think we should do that before, before we do that. I just wanted to thank everybody. I want to thank you that have been journeying with us through the 40 days or any part of the 40 days because slackers, everybody's welcome. Whether you listen to two or 20 or all 40, thank you. I want to thank all of my teammates, Tammy, Danielle, our chief storyteller, Alyssa on social media, all of our contributors, Bridget, Kelly, Michelle, Safanet, Kelly, bro, and the Redbird team, Joy and Shelly, all of her contributors that came through there, all of our guest contributors. We've had people from Canada. So we had our friends up in Van Gogh, as well as Liz that just did a recent podcast for us on Blessed Kiara. And so there was just so many people that God brought to us and that said yes. Um, There were some that wanted to do it that couldn't say yes. But again, season two, guys, God's going to be continuing to lay on our heart 
what I would say is we have so much gratitude for the saints for teaching us. We have so much gratitude for all those that were involved in any way with Saints for Slackers. We want to also invite you guys to support us, support our ministry so we can continue doing this, guys. There is costs that are involved with any kind of digital work that you do. So there's microphones to buy and headphones and hosting and websites to run and people to pay to do these things sometimes and all that kind of stuff. So we so appreciate when you buy some gear or go onto our website to make a donation because it allows us to do this healing ministry and to continue to do it and try to do it very well for the Lord. And then the other thing I would leave us with is just please pray for us. And the way that you can stay connected with us moving forward would be you subscribe. You like us on Facebook, you like us on Instagram, go to the YouTube, all those places, guys, because we want to continue to put out this content. That's what we're going to be doing next week is we're going to be using not just podcasting, but we use video, we use blogs, we use all kinds of media to be able to reach out to you guys. So stay connected with us so that we can continue together on this restoration journey and to be ready for when we announce season two. So let's just leave them with that. And Tammy, let's bring it down because I want to really ask the Holy Spirit to bless these guys and really unleash his power in their lives. All right, let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, I thank you for this sacred space in which you have allowed us to pour into the men and the women who are listening to this podcast today. Lord, I just want to pray for an overpowering of the Holy Spirit upon them and upon their families. I pray, Lord, that they will have a divine encounter with you, that so much of what they know, so much of what they have heard, and so much of what they have learned can really move from their head to their heart, that there can be a movement, Lord, that there can be an encounter that just overwhelms them as they come to really know the Holy Spirit, as they come to know the power that the Holy Spirit offers us in our life and the freedom that we are offered, a freedom from fear, freedom from anxiety, to be free, Lord, to live a life that's fully fully yours. I pray, Lord, for the struggles, for the frustrations, for the anxieties, for the journey of all of those who listen tonight and today, and those who have listened in typical slacker form, maybe a week or two from now. Lord, that as they listen, it will be the time that is perfect for them. It'll be the time where that seed has the most time to really grow and flourish that you will work within their hearts, Lord. And I pray all this through Christ our Lord, as we say, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sister. One thing that came to me as we prayed that was trust God not just trust God as like, oh, he's up there. He's looking down on me. I know he's in my corner. Is trust God in you. Trust God that he can work in you, through you, that you can hear his voice, that you can be one of his agents and not a secret agent, you know, not somebody that someone would be surprised at the end of your life. Oh, she was a Christian. I had no idea. No. Would there be evidence at the end of your life that you are a Christian? Would you be convicted of that? Boom. Boom. Mic drop. Mic drop on that. So trust God to work (laughs) in you and through you and that you can be a vessel for the Lord. 
ask for his Holy Spirit. We're asking for it for you. And let's come back, guys. Let's come back in season two. Be ready because we're going to have some more truth bombs for you coming up. But stay with us in the meantime. We've loved the Saints for Slacker journey, guys. It has been quite a ride. And we're really blessed that we've been able to do this. God bless. God bless you. And until next time, Slacker. Slacker.